Well, this is another edition of 97 Octane's Monday Night Raw pregame show today, our first one uh, where we're on on a Monday. Uh, I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Mr. Bob Schmidt, and Mr. Neil Garrity is our special guest. Uh, I'll get right into the meat of the steak right off the bat here, and I'll start by saying I believe this road trip is crucial to keep this team as we know it uh, intact. I believe if this team doesn't go um, and get two wins, changes will be made and some nuclear uh, activity is going to happen. Jay's job, I believe, is firmly on the line this week. And personally, I prescribe to the old adage that a GM usually only gets two head coaches. Um, So if Jay is gone... I believe Ken Holland should be gone. Whether he will be or not, I don't know. But uh, what say you guys? I'll let our guest go first, and then Bobby can have it after that. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Um, Welcome. Yeah, I I agree with half of what you said. I think <laughs> like this is a big week. Um, but like you know, tonight if they lose tonight, that's like Vancouver's a good team right now. Mm-hmm. They've they've proven a lot of people wrong. Uh, a lot of people that know a lot more about hockey than the three of us had Vancouver just getting into the playoffs, if not missing. Um, I think they've proven that they're a lot better than that. Now, to go to your second point, I think one of the reasons why they're so good is because of coaching. Um, so you look at the Oilers this year, and, uh, you know, I think – I think to put it all at the feet of coaching is ridiculous. You, like you, you can't tell me that our, the two best players in the world have been playing like they're the two best players in the world. Um, you know, you think you look at a you look at Holland, and yeah, he constructed this for sure. But but the players that you rely on to be really really good haven't been there. You know what? So I. I don't think, first of all, I don't think firing Hall in midseason changes a thing. That doesn't make the team better at all. Um, <clears throat> likely not back next year anyways. Um, and then in terms of firing the coach, I mean, he hasn't really been given the, the players either. He hasn't even had a full roster yet until tonight, which includes three call-ups from the Condors um, to make a trade. Who's he going to trade? <laughs> you can't trade anyone that's injured. Um, so, and and is the bottom six really the problem? I, I don't know. Like, I, I understand. I get the frustration. I have it too, especially mm-hmm. after that last game. I, w- I thought that Nashville was an easy win for us. You know, when you look at – but. But how many points has Drysaddle had against Nashville? What did he do on in the last game? What did he do? I see trade McLeod. Who wants McLeod? Like, he, who are we going to trade him for? You know, I. I, I, I think I think you're trading him. Sit him. That's a great option, but we haven't had it yet. You don't even have that, and and trading him is a lateral move. I don't think you know you're getting back something that's really going to help you other than maybe cap space, but trading him for, for peanuts. Uh, I don't think it makes this better. I mean, he you can't know, skate, but the one other thing yeah. I would add about Holland is if 
he would have recognized that McLeod is what McLeod is and isn't going to be the player that we want. And he could have had Bukestad instead of McLeod for the same amount of money. Now that means cutting bait on, on a really young player that you and drafted. A, and a draft pick. Point, yeah. Right. For an older player at the end, like nearing the end of his career. But so that, that would have been a pretty bold move. And I'm sure a lot of people would have complained about it. But that that was one thing I thought about today that, you know, would we have rather had Bukestad in that position than McLeod? I think ideally you'd rather have Bukestad with McLeod's wheel, wheels in a player. <laughs> yeah. And, well, McLeod hasn't reached his prime yet either. And, so. and honestly, maybe that that was sort of attainable. I can't think of a, a name that, that comes to mind with that. But, I mean, you didn't re-up Costin either, so... Yeah, but he's not going to be your Austin's not going to be your third line center. If you don't have Costin, you don't have Bukestad, and you don't have McLeod, there should be enough money there to get an upgrade on Ryan McLeod. If that was the thought. But we're looking at hindsight. We're looking at hindsight because we've had this diarrhea of a start, right? So now, 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 all of a sudden, all these moves that we that that could have happened are also clear. Like, oh yeah, we should have kept Bukestad. We should have got this guy and, and trade McLeod and, and what have you. So that's. That's the way it goes. Uh, so I'm I'm uh, I'm with Garrity uh, on on the fact that I agree about, with about half of what you said, Durso. Uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> this ten game stretch, like I said, has just been one overflowing diarrhea diaper right now, and, and it's and it's brutal. Uh, but we still have the same core that had four different stretches last year, where we won four games in a row or more. We went a stretch where we went eight and two. We finished the season going 14 and one. Like we have the same core here. So for this kind of slump that we're in right now, to me is the anomaly. Uh, we have the goods to, to do more consistently of those kind of winning streaks that we do of, of how we're shitting the bed right now. But fact of the matter is we are definitely shitting the bed right now. And um, I'm going to take this all the way back and I'm actually going to blame this on one guy. And that guy I'm going to blame it on is Rick Tockett. So there's no doubt in my mind that during the last probably three practices he had at training camp to gear up for uh, to start the season, those three practices, three or four practices, were geared solely to play against the Oilers. No other team, no uh, no kind of planning for this is how we're going to play uh, for the year. This is how we're going to play to beat the Oilers. So the Oilers were one of the favorite teams. They're one of the cup favorites teams on countless so-called experts uh, prognosticists, right? So they were one of the teams to watch. Rick Talk is starting his first full year as the Canucks head coach. If there's ever a guy who wants to make a statement with his first full year as, uh, at the helm, it's Rick Talk. He has so much motivation. He got this team so ready to play the Oilers. And let's face it, the Canucks were all like, well, just not besides, not even just a score, but the overall play. The Canucks were just dominant in, in every aspect of that first game. And then now he rides that wave in the second game. We regrouped in the second game. We played a lot better game in the second game. Uh, we just couldn't break the dam. And and then it starts getting into your head. Like, like we win the game in Nashville. Oh, great. We're back on track. Maybe we rest a bit on our laurels going, okay, we, you know, we, got, we got our act together. And then teams just start bombarding us. I think it's a Rick talking. 
I, I, uh, I, I agree with part of that assessment, Bob. I, I think Talkett really did study film and, and knew, I mean, they, they knew to watch for the lazy drops on the power play to McDavid and, and pick Bouchard off in both games uh, to start the season on, on that play. And we were lucky they didn't get shorties on, on both of them. Um, you know, you got McDavid coming full speed and head, ready to head <laughs> head north and the train's going south. Um, that was a that was coached. Uh, they knew, they knew what to look for. I, I totally agree with that. You know, tonight, I mean, if, if we have a team that shows up and is just kind of whole hum about it, I, I got to question the players. And um, to me, I look at this team and they're in trouble and they need to get some wins and they need to get it rectified. Yeah. Everybody bought in, in, in the summer that on paper, this team was, you know, a Stanley cup contender, if not winner, um, so I, I don't fault Ken Holland for the roster he tried to assemble fully. I just look at it from a standpoint of, okay, if you're going to fire Jay Woodcroft, you're the one that hired him. You hired Tippett. This is on you too, buddy. Like you, you don't get to wash your hands of it and just bring in another new coach. Like I say, in professional sports, most GMs get two head coaches. He'd be on number three if he gets Red of Woodcroft and 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 survives to live another day. I don't care if it's ten years over at the end of the season. If you're doing that, buddy, bye bye. Kiss him goodbye. Bring in a new GIM now. What what save it? What's to save it for? He handicapped himself not being able to make any moves. That's on him. That's not on anybody else. So first off, uh, first off, like there's a lot invested in Woodcroft, right? So he's been there, there at the training at, at at Bakersfield and some of that, and there's a lot invested, and he's been what he has been a, a reason why we've had so much success the last two seasons. He definitely did uh, change some focus and change some things around. I think Woodcroft's. Uh, I don't think he's in the hot seat yet. I think he. I think his seat is getting warm. It's definitely getting warm. But I see him having like a twenty game window here to see what let, let let's see what happens next ten games. Yeah. This, now having said that though, having said that though, if we lose to a team like San Jose, that that seat's gonna get a lot hotter all of a sudden. And that's that can, and, and if that if that's your benchmark, you you should make the move right now. Okay, good. We're better than the worst team that's probably in the history of the league. Terrific. Like. No, but, you got, you got to set a standard higher higher than that. They they need to start being able to win more games than they lose. So that's who's, I, that's who's what, the solution? Who's the coach that comes in? It's not good enough to just say we're getting got, rid of this guy. Like yeah, who's the guy I, then? Honestly, I think that. No, like fuck now Sutter. Now Sutter's what? a great coach again. All of a sudden, and or Gullitson, like Gullitson, like Gullitson, he's on the team right now. If he had solutions. Feel free to provide them now. Honestly, the, the last thing I really want to do with, with this show is turn it into like a political thing. But I've got no time for Joel Quinville. I've got no time for Mike Babcock. If, if you're thinking that train, put, put fucking Graham James and Bill Peters on your short list. Like, no, fuck that. We're not going there. If, if there's a guy out there that you want to start Craig thinking McCallish. about, as that, that's been brought up. Uh, Gerard Gallant is, is is another guy that's out there. Bruce Boudreaux is another guy that's out there. I mean, just just stop, just stop, just stop, stop, yeah. stop. We don't need to change the coach yet. It's been a ten game diarrhea fest. That's it. And now all of a sudden, point, right? that was my point. Just, like, that's that, that's all we do. I'm not. That's all I'm, we do is just change uh, coaches. That's all yeah, we do. The orders are now Bob, rotating door for coaches. Bob, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not on the. We need a new coach train. 
I, I, that that's not where I'm at. That's I, I don't, why I brought I, this up. I was I, saying, if you don't have a solution that's realistic, that's better, why are you even talking about it? It's stupid to talk because about it. Because you know what? It, it's out there. And, and I, yeah. think, I, I think it is a, a reality that that could be exactly where we're at. Holland was really patient with Tippett, like almost yeah. too patient with Tippett, and that almost cost us. But he had somebody I, waiting there. He did. He did. But it's his job, right? He's got somebody in mind right now in case he has to do that. I, I know it. Well, I know. It's it's terrifying. But who thought we'd be in this spot that we're in right now? I didn't. No. <laughs> like, you know what concerns me? Uh, I'll throw the question out after I, I give you my answer. But to me, the biggest concern I've got right now with, with this team isn't goaltending isn't our defense, isn't our bottom six. The guys that, you know, are our superstars are quiet. And and to me, I'm concerned that we've got a perfect storm here where both Leon and Connor are hurt at the same time. When when was the last time you guys can say Leon hit the net with one of his one-timers on the power play? Like, it's off. And, and and he's not a bad shooter, so something ain't right. And he's not even shooting when he should be shooting. You know, there's other times where he's on the rush and he's he'll slow down so everyone he, can catch up. So he's got someone to pass. He, you know, he, he'll sometimes miss miss the the post because he's he's shooting from an impossible angle. Sure. So sometimes yeah. he'll miss by a foot or eighteen inches. He's missing by two or three feet right now. I mean, it's it's it's. And I notice it, and I and nobody, you know, nobody even is thinking about Leon being hurt. They're all thinking about Connor. I think it's pretty obvious when Connor's, you know, comes back. He plays the wing because I don't think they want him yeah. taking draws. That because I think there's an oblique strain there that probably isn't going away. Yeah. And I know Connor's 100. And the other, uh, I the don't other, think. Go ahead. Sorry, the other night in in the dot uh, against Nashville. He wasn't the only one, but he got he got torn to shreds. I think he was like five yeah. for fourteen. So did Nuge, though. He got torn to shred too in the, in the face. That's why. That's what I mean. Yeah. He wasn't the only one. Nashville killed us in the draws all night. Ryan Ryan O'Reilly was like Shaq in the paint, and Nurse couldn't handle him. I mean, you know, Nuge is the one guy that he gets thrown in with all the shit in here, but he's close to a point per game right now. And I don't know. Like last year was an anomaly. I think we can all agree to that. And I don't like, but if, if Nuge ended up with like 80 points this year, which he's close to being on track for right now, man, would anybody be upset? And people talk about, well, Kane's, Kane's going, Kane has the same amount of points as Nuge right now. Yeah, but Kane, Kane, Kane didn't start till about three games ago. (laughs) Well, no, Kane Kane didn't start till game six. Yeah, for sure. That's not Nuge's fault. No. no, I'm just I'm just pointing it out that he's that he's going now. I mean, I'm also not saying Nude shouldn't be better too. He, like he he started slow. To me, I mean, our most consistent Oiler this season, Warren Fogle. Yeah, good for Fogle, not good for the Edmonton Oilers. I will say the one thing about Woodcroft that I really don't like right now, and I should temper that with if if one or both of Leon or McDavid are still hurt right now then I can see playing them together. But he went to that option like in game one. And and it's not – our team is so much 
deeper and better when those guys are split up. And wow. now you have Nuge on the wing instead of at center. But I mean, that means McLeod's got to be better. But like, you know, you look at how we finished off the regular season last year. It was with those guys separated. They weren't playing together. Yeah. You know, so like, you the, back what you did last year, and they talked about it with the system first. Let's go back to the system. How about <laughs> the lines? Like the lines are still there. It's all the same guys. You know, if we want to break down the system, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say my biggest issue with the, the change in system is the change in neutral zone philosophy. To me, that's where the whole fucking problem is. We've gone from a, we've gone from a team that you know pressures and, and forechecks hard and causes turnovers to go the other way into more of a passive team, conserve energy, great, whatever. But these guys are feast or famine uh, off off the rush. That's 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 where they make their money. We're not a post up team like the old Thornton uh, San Jose Sharks. You know it's, that's not us. Okay, that's where I, I I agree with you in regards to the system. Is uh, so I think the two biggest. Uh, problems right now is number one the turnovers you kind of alluded to that right now we're making turnovers and some just some ghastly mistakes uh, and the other thing right now of course is confidence like our, we're gripping the stick so tight right now this is why you are seeing a guy like dry self fanning on these uh one-timer passes stuff like that because that's something we never see leon do i'll be serious i'll be honest though i think leon's actually played had a is playing really good uh on, both ways i think he's been strong defensively and i think he's been putting on a lot of He's creating a lot of grade-A chances. One thing that's standing out to us, though, is the fact that he's missing his patented one-timer executioner shot, right? So that's what we're looking at. I honestly think, if anything, I think his first 10 games this year has been better than his first 10 games last season. I thought he started slow last season. Uh, his points might not be there, but I think he's still playing strong. Mistakes, turnovers, confidence. Those are the three areas right now that just and, – and that's not systems. That's not uh, work, right, sort of thing. That's just – the combination of bad luck, bad decisions. Like we are only a game or two away from taking off on one of these four game winning streaks, really. Or more. Or yeah. more. No, they, they need to start stringing some wins together too. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you can't keep when you're in a hole, you can't keep digging. You gotta, you gotta start getting out of it. Um, it, it, it's, it, it does bother me seeing this team kind of transitioned into, um, a bit of a more passive team. My biggest issue with Woodcroft all season, to be brutally honest, is not having Gagne on the ice uh, after he put it in a put in a pair in the last minute to try to tie the hockey game um, in Sam's first game back as as an Oiler for the third stint. To me, How that is have, a that is a critical error on on Woodcroft's fault. I haven't watched it over again. How did the end of the game? Like, how did that sequence go? Like, was he on there? before like was he tired and then woodcroft should have called the timeout um or did it like no yeah he yeah. he was on there about a shift and a half before that yeah so he, he uh so uh woodcroft did say that Gagne was next uh, in line to go on and they were kind of trapped in the offensive zone there and uh weren't able to make a line change now having said that though i don't necessarily like it it looks bad in hindsight we lost the game Gagne had two goals was our best order that game yes but you're also right now counting on the guys that are supposed to get you uh, that next goal. So you have your marquee guys out there that you rely on, that you pay the money for to get those points. Now's the time for them to step up. It didn't happen. So then, then it looks like, uh, okay, well, we should have Ganya out there. 
They were they were sleepwalking in that hockey game until Sam woke them up. That was a critical error on the cross fault. <laughs> I, I I get that, but I wouldn't have been shocked if Hyman puts one in there either. Yes, you, you know, or yeah. or Kane or any one of the yeah. superstars that are on the ice. You know? Yeah, I mean, just just from a coach's mentality too. I think you reward the guy for dragging you into the fight and, and to you did it already. You put him up in the top six. He started bottom six. You already rewarded him again, putting him in top six. I put, any... myself in the I put myself in the coach's shoes, and I want the guys that I count on to uh, to get me those two. That this is why they're there. They're, they, they put that they moment in. This guy's bench working bench. on a natural hat trick, and you're going to sit him down. <laughs> Come I'm on, I'm not counting on the hat trick. I I'm not sitting him. You already awarded him by putting him in the top six, uh, and he was next in line. I had the had the Predators put the Ice the puck down, Gagne jumps on the ice. I think, I think this so is, the fact that we even had them trapped for that whole time, a minute and a half, whatever it was, was a good sign. We just didn't finish at all. I think this is the first time in our podcasting history together, Bobby. I, I don't even want to even acknowledge your opinion here. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to sound like a family reunion now. Oh, man. Well, we got to disagree sometimes. I mean, it makes for entertainment. Um, <laughs> what do what both of you guys, what, what is your number one reason for this piss poor start? Like, what do you, what do you point to the most? Or, Gary, or, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna jump in here because I already said yeah. my thing. I point to Rick Tockett. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you know, like, it's it, it sucks. Well, it, there's no such thing as one thing, right? It's all of the above for everything. You know, if people want to. Like, I can I can accept that. And yes, the goalies could have made a timely save at some point. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to Bob about. You know, when I, when I played defense, I had a pretty good relationship with my goalies usually. You know, we communicated a lot. You know, I got the pass. You got the shot. Like, um, or play it or cover it. Cover, cover, cover. You know, like, we're in trouble here. We need to change. Or whatever it is. And I don't see a lot of communication with them. And But I don't think that that's just an Oilers thing. I don't, I don't see a lot with other teams either. And, you know, if you've got... How many Russian goalies are there in the league right now? If you don't speak the same language, like that could be a problem. But, but like, there was times though too. Like, you, everyone makes mistakes. Every single player makes mistakes. That's especially, sports. especially, in defense and goaltenders when they make them, it looks the worst. Um, but you can't blame like, you know, even Broberg's turnover the other night. Now. He should have just crossed the red line and dumped it in. I don't yeah. know why he had to skate up to the blue line to dump it in. Like, who does that? What, like, what is the, like, ninety-five times out of a hundred, the 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 um, defenseman, especially when he wants a change, you get over the red line and you dump it in. I'm, Instead, I'm, he's carrying it up to the blue line and trying to go to his backhand. I'm I'm not hypercritical of, of that play. I think he just fanned on it and right. shit, shit what happens. I'm saying but... is, so he takes all the blame for that. Yeah. Everyone, but there's still other players that are back. I mean, you if know, he's yeah, if he if he's walking, make the save and and bail you out once in a while, right? Like it, it it's not like it's not like you should just walk away and let the guy shoot from center and put it in, right? You've still there's still players out there that can it, do something. 
if people are faulting that goal solely on Broberg when he's actually walking it to the blue line, there should be four guys behind him. That that's bullshit. Well, they were all going on, all on him. They were all going on a change, and the three yeah. forwards were right in front of him. He should have yeah. noticed. He should have seen there was three forwards of his right there. He should I mean, have recognized that and dumped it in. The, the, My the, biggest beef on that play was the fact that he went to his backhand to dump it in, and which which all, I mean. which escalated which escalated the whole uh, possibility of him fanning on it instead of staying on the strong side. So that was his critical error. You're right though uh, that uh, you know there's guys back there that should have been able to back that up, but we were in the middle of a transition there too, and that was. And I want to flip that too though. I got I, I have one more thing to say on that too though, because I I've been thinking about this a lot, and um, I think. When you don't like at the NHL level, that play needs to be made a hundred percent of the time. Like that's that's what everyone's expecting. All your teammates are expecting you to get over the red line and dump the puck in because the way, change, right? It, you know, it, it was the same as um, uh, like the the one where who which goalie came out was it Skinner that came out? Yeah, and yeah. sort of sort of like deked nurse out nurse. Nurse was going for it, and then, then the goalie and, and the like. Nurse is expecting the goalie to make that play, and there's mm. been one for Bouchard. You know, kind of second guesses himself or whatever, gets in his in his poise mode, as we like to call it. Um, and and but the player, the other players are expecting that play to be made. So it's all everything just like snowballs from there. If Nurse did something catastrophically wrong on that play it was not to yell like he should have yelled at skinner stay in your fucking net i got this yeah, yeah. i'm gonna and, counter i'm gonna counter all that i'm and, gonna counter and, both and, you know. and, and even if nurse couldn't win the foot race to the puck he he could have got an angle on him and forced a, a bad shot skinner taking that gamble and taking a nonchalant approach to going to get that puck it, it, it's a mistake i think if you would have just committed to it and gone he has that puck maybe it beats the guy it's it's Mike Smith thinking, and we need a little less of that. We don't need the the high danger Mike Smith uh, play in in our net. Uh, we we need a little bit of safety, especially especially on a power play, and especially that time of the game. The score he opened the door wide open in that game, and these are the things. I mean, me and Dash today, I I can post the the QR code to it, but we had a little back and forth about Oilers goaltending and. D- Dash is kind of on the, oh, they're good enough. To me, no, they're not. They're not stealing any games. They're they're not making, you know, most of the saves they should and some of the ones they shouldn't. They haven't stolen any mm-hmm. games. I, I don't fault, like, the Oilers' record solely on goaltending. I think that's foolish and uh, asshole-ish. And, and uh, you know, I know there's that kind of talk around. I, I don't prescribe to that. I think every single player on that ice surface – can play That's better. where I was going. So, like to finish off my thought, like what's the what's your concern? It's everything. Like there isn't <laughs> one area of the ice where we're yeah. great. Yeah, you it's know, a, and that's that's coaching. That's that's everything. Like none of it is great right now. It's kind so of a. It's, it's kind of a. They get rid of the goal. Like if we got in a, a great goalie, does that change things? No. You know, if we if we change McLeod out, does that change things? No. Well, you know, you know he's you, not on our top power play. You bring in a. You bring in a better goaltender than what you have right now, you're probably actually going to make your team worse because you're going to have to give up so much to be able to get that that you're going to be dealing from a deficit. We'll have 15 skaters. 
<laughs> it's 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 yeah. I don't think that's the solution. I don't think I, I don't honestly. I'm hoping that what we have assembled right now figures it out. That that's that's my hope. But and 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 I believe in them. I I do think they're a good hockey team, and I do think they will start to turn the tide. And I think it's only a matter of time. It's just the hole they've dug, they're, they're starting to get to the point where, well, if we don't get going here, we ain't going to get going here. So that's, that's, and that's why, you know, it's, it's that pressure cooker time again, we're, we're there. Like, and, and you can't wait too much longer. Like you can't dig it too much deeper or you're going to be in a spot where you can't get out. So I'm going to counter a bit on that play you're talking about where Skinner came out uh, to play the puck. And you know, like Dursa, you were saying that the one thing Nurse has done is yell that Skinner to stay in your net. Yep. Uh, when does he yell that, though? Earlier. Because, <laughs> like yeah, basically, but when, though? basically when he's at the blue line. Okay, well, but here's the thing. So then so then what you're saying pretty much is that every time you come back to grab the puck, you yell at your goalie to stay in your net, whether he's coming to the crease or not. Because the goalie is taught that once that he uh, starts – making that move to go to the puck, you commit to it and you go, right? So then, so if Nurse then yells uh, to Skinner, get back in your net, and Skinner's already two strides out from the from the crease, you're actually in a worse spot now because now now Skinner can't back try to cover the net. That whole play, the biggest mistake there was Skinner coming out. That was a big mistake. And like you said, Dursa, I 100% agree with you, is the timing of that on our power play and during a time also where all we're asking for our goalies is some stability and now he's making this high gamble you know uh risky move uh, it, it was brutal um other than that i think the play was done properly nurse did what he was supposed to when he saw skinner coming oh, yeah. he no. changed his trajectory and went to cover that net, that net as best he could yeah, and, and people say, well, he should have chased the guy behind the net. So he goes, no. nurse, nurse goes behind the net. Not only is the net wide open, but yeah. any trailer, like uh, I think it was Aya Fallow or something. Yeah. 100%. Set up the whole thing to start out. He, he's coming down. He's coming down. I mean, let's face it, on the power play, we're not exactly speed demons coming back to back check. So Aya Fallow is coming into the slot, and he's got a one-timer into an empty net because there's nobody there. Like Nurse did the right thing. He he went yeah. to the far side. He he tried to take away a wraparound, which he knew was in it inevitably coming, and and tried to buy Skinner enough time to get back into it, and it and it, and it didn't happen. I, I I don't really fault Nurse other than communication. No. I, you know, when he's I don't see between, how you, I don't see how you communicate that though. I don't see how you communicate I, that because I, I think that he knew in between the red line and the blue line. If I if like halfway in between both, if I turn on the afterburners, I got that puck. You know, so when, he yeah, sees, you when he sees Skinner, around, when he sees like, Skinner, put that around and say Skinner, when he decides he's going to go out, he yells at Nurse. I got it. Like that's yeah. a better play than relying on your defenseman to like read your mind if you're going to go or not. I, I'd rather, I'd rather in that situation, my goalie not go out for a puck that's like out, out in like high in the circles, I think, or even higher, like. That's a long skate for a goalie. That's a risky play on, on the best of I, – I, I'm, I'm putting that, I, I'm putting I don't, that one I, on Skinner's shoulders. I'm putting that one yeah, on shoulders. I, I don't like being that aggressive on a power play, uh, especially in a game where you need a win. It yeah. just – it just – it's – yeah, no. It, that, that's that's Billy Smith. That's like Ron Hextall. That's 
really hyper aggressive goaltending. And I, I don't think we need that out of Stuart Skinner. I really don't like that's be, that's even, I, I think that's even beyond what Mike Smith would do. Like that's, that's pretty aggressive goaltending. And, and I just, I don't think it was necessary. I think if he stays in his net, even if nurse can't even get in the play, he's got an opportunity yeah. to make a save. It just, I think I we know. know that there's a lot of, there's a whole lot of bad decision that will put the blame on pretty much any goal at nurse's feet, no matter what it is. I mean, yeah, we can, we can walk that back a little bit too, to that. I think it was the game against Minnesota. Nuge is chasing a guy behind the net. Yeah. And, and so, and nurse is standing, I think like Campbell was in goal. Campbell was on his, uh, I think it was his left or right post. He was hugging the post and he was doing shoulder checking, but he didn't actually know where the guy was. So he was lost. Nurse was on the far post, like guarding for a wraparound there. Nuge left the guy behind the net. Nurse takes the guy he passed to. And that's a long skate for Nuge yeah. to come all the way around to the net to get to that guy. And and then the guy Nuge was covering walks in front of the net. He's wide open. He's got all yeah. day to roof the puck. Yeah. And we're trying to pin that on Darnell. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm not buying that. It, it, once once Nuge committed to that guy behind the net, he needed to stay with him. He he couldn't let him go. He got um, dinged for that. He got dinged for the one. And and honestly, if if we're pretty much perfectly, where Skinner Skinner, I thought, I mean, he's yeah, it's Duchesne shooting, but man, he like he practices with McDavid shooting and Drysdale, so like, I you know he's got a chance and you just got to commit to the shot. If the guy makes a miraculous pass somehow, then it's not your fault, but make a save on those, you know? Well, that's where the communication I mean, comes in, right? That you yeah. have alluded to before. So yeah. you were talking about communication with your, with your demon. And basically when it's kind of like a, when it's an odd man rush, especially a two on one per se, uh, there's really not a lot of verbal com- communication because this is something you've already established beforehand, what, what you guys are going to do. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I don't, there's a certain part of me that says I don't uh, – you always got to be aware of your plan B, your, but your plan A as the goalie is the shooter. You, like you have the puck. Your D-man stays in the middle, and when you get to a certain point, he takes away the pass, right? Um, so I, I see the commitment there. Uh, one thing we're seeing from Jack Campbell lately is a bit of an overcommitment uh, to the yeah. shooter. He's not, he doesn't really have that plan B in his mind right now, and uh, and that that's cost us a couple – a couple against Nashville. One is tough to blame him for because it's a, it, it is a, a power play goal. It's a post to post pass, but he like he's down on his knees for Forsberg before there's even a play made. So he over anticipated that pass. Yeah, that pass. Dursa, I do want to make a quick shout out though. You mentioned already about you and Dash's little thing back and forth on Heavy Hot Hockey Network about the goaltending. Very well done. I encourage anybody who's listening to to uh, to read that. It's a great back and forth. It's kind of like as you're reading it, it kind of feels like you're in the room while you guys are hashing it out. So kudos to you, buddy. Kind of cover up Neil's uh, face a little bit. And there's a QR code if you want to uh, <laughs> try to give it a, a scan. I put uh, the Skip Neil Bayless. is the QR code. <laughs> I put the Skip Bayless, uh, Shannon Sharp picture beside it because uh, we argue like a couple of old ladies, but or old married couple. Um, you know, like I, I still think like if, if nurse was supposed to guy take the guy behind the net, the net becomes, and there's a flaw in the system. I mean, I, I, I think nurse, you don't play defense played, behind your net. Yeah. I think nurse actually played that right. And, and, you know, maybe Gretz 
setting up office behind the net w- was a way to shake coverage. Um, Cause I mean, it, it becomes a blind spot. You, you have a hard time seeing the puck when, you know, he, he's got the net in front of you to screen you. Right. So not only does it mess with the goalie, it, it mess with messes with the players on the ice and they don't know where the puck is. So they don't know what's happening. I it's, think what we're saying is it's, it's kind of like a collection of everybody's. Oh, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Well, I mean, you're. We're you're not talking. getting the saves we're supposed to be getting. We're not making the defensive plays we're supposed to be making, and we're not scoring like we're supposed to be getting. We're not finishing our chances. So, 100 percent is all three zones, all three positions, all three are problem areas for us right now. But I do believe we are close because there are some games where we have dominated and just not been able to put it away, and that's a that's confidence if we're gripping the pucks too tight and then making some bad decisions that's out of panic. The Dallas game, the second Vancouver game, the Dallas game. It's. You know, you know, like I think I think what could, could be a contributing factor to uh, what's been going on too is our our defense is getting nearly half the goals that go in the net. So I, I'm almost wondering if that's leading to bad pinches because they feel like they've got to contribute so off so much offense. Um, I, I I wonder about that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, it might lead to ill-advised pinches and sometimes a little... on the forwards too, though, right? Like that winger, yeah. you yeah. know, like if, if that's part yeah. of their play, like the Oilers defense pinch all the time. That like this isn't a new thing. Yeah, you know? and but like part of their ozone system is that 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 winger or the center is cycling back to cover for the D man that's coming in. That's why um, they do it. You know, it worked last year all the time. Yeah, they, they still do it a lot. Now the CC one, the CC one, not only did he, could he have maybe not pinched there, but he pinched wrong. He like he didn't go by the boards. He didn't I take think, away the easy lane, you know, and and like block a dump out. I think Cody CC yeah, is guilty of some in, of the most. He's in a bad spot there. I think he's guilty of some of the most ill-advised pinches in in massive quantities this season. Uh, I think he's leading the charge on that yeah, front. Bush, Bush has had a couple good ones too, and and let's not forget about the nurse one. I will that, say this about Bush. That wasn't that wasn't even a pinch. I mean, that was trying to join four other guys on the rush. It was just a bad decision. You can't. You know, I, you know what was interesting about that one. It was interesting. You listen to the comments after about that one, the nurse one, and like they're always trying to create odd man situations in the ozone, right? So yeah. it would have been like a five on two or five on three or whatever, right? And everyone, including Warren Fogle, you know how I was talking about earlier about the first play matters, like Bouchard or sorry, Broberg coming over the red line and not yeah. dumping it right there. That first play, it leaves yeah. the rest of the guys out. When Fogel missed the net there, that's yeah. what the coach yeah. said it. Oh, yeah. uh, Zach Hyman said it. And uh, who else? Ekholm. They all said, well, that shot's got to be on net. Yeah. You know, and that's – and how many times have you seen Nurse coming right up Main Street like that? He gets that pass and he scores a goal. He scores a lot of goals right from right there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you can see he's looking like that's he's yeah. expecting that pass. Yeah, he's the got only good... reason why Nurse got shit for that play is because he was in the frame when it happened on yeah. TV. Yes, and everybody sees Nurse right in the center of our picture, and like ah, that must be his fault again. Right? Yeah. So, but all the players and the coach referenced Fogel not hitting the net, and Fogel knows that. 
Yeah, well, he, there was a picture of him on the bench with his head down, shaking yeah. his head. <laughs> I mean, Nurse Steve, blaming Nurse from the team. Nurse needs to recognize that. Hey, my my partner is as deep as I am. Maybe that's not a good a good yeah. plan. You got to recognize that. Yeah, Fogel needs to be able to piss in the ocean from a rowboat. But uh, I think of all the people right now that are putting more pressure on themselves than anybody else is Darnell Nurse. I think he's starting to try. He's forcing a lot of plays that we don't really necessarily see him doing. I think he like he takes his leadership on this team very seriously. I will say, yeah, McDavid's struggling, but I'm 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 with you guys where I don't think he's 100 percent yet, and that that'll play a factor. Uh, I don't think Drysdale is playing as bad as people say he's he's playing, but Nurse I think is pushing things right now, forcing things right now in a in a desperate effort to uh, to try and help this club, and it's kind of back. I don't think he's been bad though. I don't no. think Nurse is near our worst. No, I, I, I right think now. he has been bad. I, I and I'm I'm a Nurse booster. I'm all, I'm not one of those guys. Yeah, he's we're overpaying him, but I'm okay with that because uh, it helps us keep Pete McDavid and Drysdale big picture, right? But I do think. He's had a shit start this year. One of our worst demons to start the year. The games he's played really good, he's played really good. But I think Ekholm has been 10 times worse. Well, Ekholm is just like he's slow starting because like it's taking him a while to get his legs. That's for sure. I get that. But I'm just saying, like, excuses aside, it doesn't matter why you're doing it, right? I'm just saying, like, player to player, Nurse has been better than Ekholm this year. And I hope I can get a whole lot. Well, I hope they both get better. <laughs> and Bouchard, actually, I know that um, Mike, you always think that I, I'm bad on hard on Bouchard, but you are. I, I think he has really turned it around. You know, he he's limited his mistakes to maybe one ish, if or less. Like he's been, I think he's in since the uh, Rangers game. I think he's been one of our best defensemen. I, I think. Uh- I think, I think that, yeah, no, I'm, I 100% agree. I think since, like, I, he shit the bed in the Minnesota game, he was awful. Horrible. But over the last four games, so that starts with the Ranger game, I think yeah. he's been been our best D-man those last four games. I actually think he's been carrying his pairing with Ekholm. I'll take oh, 100%. Than- I agree. I agree. I, I don't know about that. I, I think Ekholm's having a little bit of a hard time um, with mobility right now. But... Uh, Echo I mean, played really good in the Nashville game, though. I'll give him that one. Though. Who, I thought he played really well that one. Who I would you? Echo Boucher pairing was our best pairing that game. Who do you have more faith in when there's a puck battle on the walls, coming out with a puck, or in front of the net? It's it's still Echo. I mean, he's he's that guy. He he's a he's a defensive defenseman. Um, Bouchard is is that offensive guy. Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of a pairing shuffle. Actually, trying Nurse and Ekholm as a pairing. I don't know. Giving Kulak an opportunity. Two left-handed too. There, you're looking at two left-handed demons there too. Yeah, leave two of our right shot guys together then too. Um, put Kulak with Bouchard and CC with uh, Deharnay. Like I don't like CC with Deharnay. I don't like CC with Darnell Nurse, and I think that's the whole problem with our defensive core. Yeah. Well, let's face it too. Right now, Deharnay. As much as I just shit on uh, on Nurse, I think Darren has been our worst defenseman uh, right now. I mean, he's had he's had a couple of bright moments. Obviously, the uh, the game against Calgary, Heritage Classic. I actually thought he was playing really well before he scored that goal. I'm like, yeah, he's turning things around. But he's gone back to his old ways, where his his mm. foot speed is 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 very noticeable how much it's lacking. Uh, so I don't I want him at the bottom right. of the. The I don't want him right being now. offensive. I like. I no. like it. I want yeah. him to just 
Like, yeah, and he's the guy that you know when the other team gets con- like possession in their zone, he can be the guy backing off. He can be the guy at the red line already. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and it's almost like a light went off. It almost like a, a light went off when he scored that goal. I think he liked the feeling and, and the excitement and the and the exuberance, and that's the kind of goal he he should be scoring. Where it's just a yeah. shot. Yeah, you know, directing pucks on net and whatever happens, happens. Him wanting to walk inside the blue line makes me nervous because he, that's know, not his game. And I think I think you're onto something there, Darius. He might, he might like that feeling. It. The 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 mobility of of you know trying to <laughs> like Bouchard's good at walking the line and walking in, and and so is Nurse and Kulak's mobile, and you know even CC, but Deharnay, you know it's. Simple plays, man. <laughs> That's why you're there. The one thing I was going to say earlier, too, is um, that when we were talking about Woodcraft a little bit, and and I don't like it, I look at Bouchard and Broberg and some of the mistakes that they were making, and I look at it as like a little bit of lack of urgency. You know, they, like if I would love to, I hate hearing about Bouchard's poise. Poise is not a thing if you're facing the boards and your back is to the play. That is not poise. You can have poise after right? you collect the puck. When you before the it. puck and now you're facing the team coming at you mm-hmm. and you've got decisions and you're skating, mm-hmm. now you've got decisions you can make and your poise comes into play. There's no such thing as poise with a player coming at your back. That is not poise at all. It's panic for the yeah. most part, which is fine too. I would love to see Bouchard forget about this like poise thing and get to puck. Like don't coast from the dots in get to the puck, give yourself a, even a fraction of a second more to like make a decision. And then, and then the Broberg ones, same thing, like show that urgency. You don't have time to go to your backhand and try and like flutter something in red line and rip it in. Like, if you but think don't you of, think Bouchard has been doing that though the last four games? Like I thought he's been a much more patient and and with his decision making when when the puck is on his stick. But that's what I'm saying. I don't want necessarily patience. There's something about like well getting the puck and getting making a play. I'll, but he's I'll, making less mistakes. Yeah, I'll, for sure. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, you know, as far as I'm concerned, when you're a defenseman and you gather the puck. Um, usually there's at least three guys ahead of you. And uh, if you put it into football terms, how many quarterbacks get to look at their fourth read before they're on the ground? Yeah. So you, you got to make a decision at some point. Yeah. It, it yeah. has to happen or, or you're turning it over in hockey. Also stop or, calling. Or, you're, or you're getting run over and then and then you're turning it over. But Also stop you, calling Bouchard the quarterback on the power play. It bugs me. <laughs> Yeah, he's no. not the quarterback. He, okay. He's the bomb on the power play. Honestly, <laughs> right. for me, I mean, it's it's McDavid and Nuge are your quarterbacks. That's exactly, McDavid's exactly. the quarterback. Boost plays the point. I don't. I, I'm with you, Gary. I've always kind of been bothered by how uh, Barry quarterbacked it and Bouchard quarterback. McDavid is the quarterback through and through. Uh, both Barry yeah. and Bouchard do a hell of a great job on the point. On that power play, but there's yeah. no mistake who the real quarterback is. I think Barry was actually more of a quarterback than than Bouchard is. Like he distributed the puck more. He didn't shoot as much, you know. 
neither of them are don't get I, me wrong <laughs> i think they're honestly i think they're really similar I, I think there's just a few more miles an hour on average on bush's shots yeah. than berries yeah i think bouchard is uh i, I agree with you where i thought barry dished it more but uh bouchard has a pretty good dish game but that that added addition of that uh that bomb from the point is uh is huge so yeah especially um, when he gets it through like that it's he's a sniper I'm going to um, do something I probably should have done earlier, but I'll uh, post the lines up over top of us. So uh, morning skate today in Vancouver, Oilers had Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Hyman, and uh, McDavid centering Dreisaitl tonight. Nugent Hopkins, Kane, and Gagne uh, together. This is, we've been hard on, I've been hard on, a little bit hard on Jay, I guess, to a certain extent. I will say this is recognition of chemistry that was formed, I think, right off the bat between uh, Evander Kane and Sam Gagne. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see them uh, paired together. McLeod centering uh, Warren Fogle and Derek Ryan. Your third line is James Hamblin, um, called, recently called up on an emergency basis from Bakersfield uh, in between Raphael Lavoie and Dylan Holloway. So the Bakersfield trio um, is looking And they're like going to get, get about six minutes each. Probably Hamlin might get four minutes again. That kind of bothers me because uh, we'll, yeah. we'll bet you about the fact that we can't dress a full lineup because of cap spaces, and then, then we don't even play the whole lineup that we actually do have. So we we we, we become quintessentially uh, a three line uh, team, and and then we harp on the bottom six for not producing when only half of the bottom six is really playing. Yeah, and uh, it does depend on how the game flows, doesn't it? A little bit, you know, if if there's yeah. one way or the other, if there's yeah. You yeah, know, if we get up if we get up five goals, that fourth line yeah. might see some more ice time. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I I think they need to win the hockey game. So shortening the bench a little bit doesn't really hurt my feelings too much. Yeah. No, I agree um, with you, that, but then I don't want to hear the shit uh, Razzing everybody does about our bottom six not producing. Y- yeah, that's not, not an issue because we're not relying not, on them for that at that point. They're, they're not getting the fans. They're <laughs> they're not really getting the chance. Uh, D pairings basically remain the same. And Skinner is going to be your starter on the Canucks side. The guy that reminds me of the take-home pizzas, uh, Giuseppe, <laughs> <laughs> on left wing um, with Miller and Bozer, um, Mikhaev, Pedersen, and Kuzmenko is your second line. Uh, Suter, Garland, and Joshua with uh, third line, Lafferty, Bolivier, Hoglander. Um, Phenom Sensation, Jack Hughes, Horanic. Quinn, Quinn Hughes. Or, yeah. Um, Susie Myers, Cole Friedman, and uh, Thatcher Demko gets the start. How long, have, how long is our road trip right now? How many games are road trip this one? Three. It's a short one. Okay, so we got Vancouver, San Jose, and Seattle. And let's face yes. it, the, the Canucks game is probably, uh, on paper, the hardest of those three. Yes. So, this is how we uh, we establish what kind of road trip we're going to go on because we should technically, even though I heard, I saw somebody post, I thought it was funny because how uh, everybody's looking at their schedule, going, "Hey, when is when do we play San Jose next?" and and then and then San Jose wondering, "Hey, when do we play Edmonton next?" Um, so I understand that, that right now we're the two shittiest teams, but on paper we should definitely be winning the San Jose Seattle game. So Vancouver is going to be kind of the benchmark. How are we starting this road trip? Yeah, no, they could run the table. I, I think that's doable. But uh, like I say, I think they got to win two out of three. You got to start winning, you know, 
in stretches of games. You can't be losing more than you're winning. What if they win tonight, lose against San Jose, and beat beat <laughs> Seattle? Yeah, what if they don't care? I'm I'm okay with that. I, you know, you know what? Fuck it. But you you got you got to start improving. You know, above 500 winning percentage, or, or you're never going to get out of where you are. We lose to San Jose 11 to 10. <laughs> oh didn't, man! Um, didn't Anaheim beat Vegas? They beat Vegas. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anaheim has beaten Anaheim's beaten Boston and Vegas so far. Yeah. So like yeah. uh, I just did my okay. power rankings after each team's ten games. I haven't posted yet, but I I like the ducks are up there. Like <laughs> after the first ten games, they are up there. Um let's ask this. I mean, we're getting close to where we probably should shut her down, but uh are the Canucks for real? Is this gonna you know, is this sustainable for them? Is anything for real after ten games? I, I say I say twenty games is more the benchmark to see what kind of team you actually have. I mean, obviously the first ten games are an important part of those twenty games. For, uh, no shit, Sherlock. But uh, you know, Talkin has made a statement as Canucks, and they are for real after ten games. Uh, and now let's see for, with every team. Let's see what the next ten games hold. Like, are the Oilers a thirty-first place team for real? No, no, they no, they're not. So are the Canucks? Uh, what are they, eighth-place team for real? No, probably not, but let's see what happens. I think, I think injuries are the great equalizer. So you know, a long season left. You look at Vegas's start, like, is, would anybody be surprised if, you know, Stone got hurt for a while? Sorry, I got to laugh at that cynically because, of course, he's going yeah. <laughs> to. <laughs> but they can't, they can't do LTI. Or, well, I mean, they can't do – cap circumvention now with him he's already played so you know it's not a kucherov thing at least but but like what i'm getting at would would anybody be shocked if you know they went on a 10 game um yeah through some injuries where they lost six or seven out of the 10 you know and then and then the oilers do the opposite and win like eight in a row at some point like the team is there to do it for sure it is. So I I hate the like must win things and yeah. you know over, you know like it, it you got to you got to play the games man and and you got to like play it out cuz injuries happen to other teams and we've had some already. You know <laughs> like injuries have hurt are hurting us right now. Oh for sure. Yeah, they no they're I don't know how you could deny there's there's you know or say that you know Connor's 100 percent and, and no. Leon Leon's 100 percent. I mean they're warriors and and they'll fight through it. I and hold our, your leadership core. They'll never win. I, I don't buy any of that. Oh. It's all it's all fucking noise. Yeah, um, yeah it's I, noise I, because I it's noise because of our shitty start. It won't be yeah. noise when we're when we go on on a ten game. Uh, you know, points scoring streak here. So we have like four minutes here. Quickly, score predictions and your first star of the game. Go, Derek Garrity. Go, five three Edmonton. Connor McDavid. There's up. Yeah, I think uh, Drysaddle gets on the board tonight, and let's go with six to two. Woo. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be a hate level to this game, and uh, I'm going to enjoy that. 
you know, there's another thought in, in my head here that I, I got to get out. And it's, I'm thinking now that I'm wondering if, you know, coming and starting everything up two weeks ahead of time um, might have put extra wear and tear on them. Yeah, I'm not going and, 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 to. I also have another thought in my mind, though, that is attached to that. And I'm thinking that maybe one of the things that should be looked at is a conditioning coach like no other and going to Tim Grover and getting him to come up with a plan for them specifically hockey orientated. Um, I think guys focus on their explosiveness, but I'm wondering if there isn't enough attention to being durable and combining both. Um, in, do you think uh, in a package. Do you think our What's, stamina is the issue? Like we fired twenty six shots against the no, Dallas third no, period. No, what I'm getting at is um, trying to make your body a little bit more injury resilient or proof. I don't. I'm sure they've already thought of that. I'm sure they have, but I don't think they've went to the best that's ever been. I bet you Jeff Jackson has thought of it. I think you know what I. I do think I've heard of Tim Grover making an appearance. But I don't think he's a regular with them, and I would, yeah. I'd make that move. And just because you guys don't care, I'm gonna say it anyways. My prediction is four to one, and Stuart Skinner is the first star. Ooh, there you go. I think Stuart Skinner would be a, a star on the six-two game too, because uh, I think the Canucks have a fairly potent offense now. I mean, I think Elias Pettersson is. Uh, Leading the league with 20 points right now. So I can't believe he hasn't been injured. It'll happen. <laughs> Maybe tonight we injure him. <laughs> I'm not expecting him to get true, but at some point, I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting a hex on him. I'm just thinking that his his uh, physique that he currently possesses, yeah. although it's been improved since he first came into the league, is still kind of fragile. Well, it had to. Frankie was what 80 pounds each. Yeah. Is he 90 now? <laughs> He's wearing yeah. heavier socks now. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I was gonna say that would be a, a good tilly between him and Nuge, but let's face it, Nuge would rip him a new one. They're just getting that old man strength now that he's a dad and stuff. So, well, they don't usually drop the puck probably for another fifteen minutes. But uh, you guys got a final thought, and then we'll close her down. I'll go first. I haven't lost hope in this team at all. Um, and I will say that fans typically overreact and panic. And oh, really? <laughs> good teams, good teams don't. Um, and everyone will forget about this when we win the Stanley Cup. No one will say, "I told you so." We should have stuck with all the people we stuck with, and no, Holland's the best. And you know, so I, I, I think, uh, I think you're right, um, Bob. That. 20, 20 game mark is probably a better better time to panic than the ten game mark. I uh, well, there's like I agree with it, just every word you just said there. Um, I, I'm not, you? <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, like it's disappointing, and of course, every like the last couple of losses we've had have been like, oh shit, here we go again, um, and then. The voice is always getting louder about changes, changes, changes. Uh, like I keep saying, it's been a diarrhea start, but we the core value that got us to the playoffs here, that got us over 100 wins the last two seasons, is still there. 
The coach that got us there is still there. The general manager that got us there is still there. This is purely a mental thing right now that can be stamped out even in one game. And furthermore, Garrity, always enjoy your input, and I really appreciate you coming on. It's always good chatting with you, man. Thanks, guys. So I guess i got to be a little bit of an equal opportunist here and uh, <laughs> give Bob's article a little bit of time. Bobby uh, did his uh, goalie rankings for November. I added an ancient picture of uh, Mike mm -hmm. Vernon giving Patrick Waugh a right cross just for fun. <laughs> so if you want to scan that, if you're watching, uh, you can uh, read Bobby's power rankings for November. Thanks, Harrison. Um, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I think this team finds a way to start getting out of this before they have to implode it. But I do fear that, you know what, if it does go south here and they and they can't start to claw out, that we're in for a major shakeup of brutal proportions. And I don't even really want to think about it because I do believe uh, that this group that we have assembled can find a way out and can do it. Do they need some help to actually win a Stanley Cup? Yes, but that comes, you know, in March. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't like the prospect of a, of a trade right now to try to get them out because in order to get something better, they're going to have to give up a lot. You know, everybody talks about trading Darnell Nurse. What do you think you get back in a Darnell Nurse trade? Everybody knows that he's probably a $7 million defenseman instead of nine and change. And right now I think it's costing about 10 and a half on of actual dollars. Uh, you're taking a loss there. And, and then you've got a huge hole to fill. The, the guy can play 30 minutes a night. Can he play 30 minutes a night? Well, probably not. 25? <laughs> yeah. Closer to 20? Excellent. He's been paired with a guy that should be on a third pairing on a Stanley Cup winning team. And, and that's a reality. Um, Cody CC, I, I like his attitude. I like him as a person and a human being, but he is not a first pairing defenseman. And, and so that to me, it, it, I, I talked about this when we were doing shows at the inception of 97 octane hockey saying that was an area that we needed to address and it never happened. We needed an upgrade on our right side. So we have to live with what we have right now, and, and maybe that's something they look at, but I don't see anything happening on that front until the spring. Um, but you know what? Go out, win a hockey game tonight, and, and build from there, and then, and then roll into San Jose and put up 11. Everybody's been putting up 10, put up 11. You know, one up everybody else. Like, these guys got to get angry. They've got to get that business-like attitude, like, Come in and do your job and get out of there onto the next city, get collect another win, collect another win. They, they need to start stringing games together. That's really has, how it has to go. I'm just going to check one more comment here. Uh, well, name's cheering song, so go oil. oil. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Uh, they're thanks. just hitting the ice there. And I'm going to talk to throwback skate jersey. So, yeah. So, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, keep your sticks on the ice and let's win a fucking hockey game, Oilers. Go, Oilers, go.